Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Friday. The day we've all been waiting for is finally here. The trailer for Bethany Frankel's The Big Shot on HBO Max has finally dropped, you guys. I just want to tell you, first of all, I had a meeting with HBO Max the day before this trailer dropped, and I was being a journalist. I was trying to get the info for us, and I was like... (laughs) Can you just tell me, like, what's going on? It seems like it was announced a while ago. I'm concerned. Is there drama? And this executive was very tight-lipped, so, you know, kadoos to him. Um, And then the next day, the trailer dropped, and I was like, well, I'm psychic, and I knew it was coming. And also, I want to say, after seeing the trailer, I am fully convinced that this is the only reality show that I would 100 million percent win. I have worked... (laughs) For some extremely challenging people. I have literally made a walking map of an airport layover with times to go pick up a Bloody Mary at a bar that someone casually mentioned to my boss when they had like 30 minutes to get on their next flight. Shut up. I have literally had Neiman Marcus hold the doors open after closing so I could last minute pick up a Baccarat vase for Jerry Bruckheimer's daughter's bridal shower. Like, (gasps) you cannot, like, the Devil Wears Prada has nothing on me. Harry Potter, like, first edition copy or whatever the fuck, like, unpublished, on it. No problem. (laughs) I once, in, in tandem with my now manager, got a reservation at the most difficult restaurant in the entire world has like a two-year-long waiting list got a reservation like three days before my boss was going to get there and they they like made an exception we had to call them in the middle of the night because it was like around the world and then he decided to bring a third person and they were like we only seat people in twos and fours and he was like okay never mind like (gasps) legitimately that is what I've been through as a person and it's why I am the way I am and I could fucking win this show like absolutely absolutely first of all I'm in awe of you I'm bowing you can't see it but I bow down to everything that you've ever done and I want you to know that not only would you win it you would look so fierce doing it I feel like you would really slay like the perfect outfits for exactly what Bethany is looking for and what's going to look amazing on camera and still be professional and sleek like how great is that moment in the trailer when she's like she wore a crop top to an interview who wears a crop top to an interview like and you would wear the sleekest coolest fucking shit there's just absolutely no way I would ever do that like you know when you watch the devil wears prada as like a working professional woman and you look at Anne hathaway and you're like you don't have a fucking pen and paper to go into miranda Priestley's office like you should be fired like you (laughs) should not be here anymore like i am the assistant that gets sick and doesn't get to go to paris i am emily blunt's character like that is who i am (laughs) so this show i feel like i'm just gonna be screaming at the contestants like why would you wear khaki pants to this photo shoot or like whatever (laughs) It's going to be tough. It's going to be really unpleasant to hear me talk about it. It's going to be. Yeah, I'm I'm fucking stoked. I think that I think they did a good job with the trailer. That being said, though, it was a uh, it was very it was like super uh, 
choppy. It's like it's very montagey, so it couldn't totally see exactly what like what kind of challenges they're doing per se. It was very much like, I'm Bethany Frankel and I do every kind of business ever and I need someone to help me run this circus. And then there's just like a bunch of crazy shots of like everybody running around and like pulling their hair out and every once in a while like writing on a poster board with Sharpie and then being like, no, this doesn't work. (laughs) So I'm very excited to see like specifically what sort of challenges they're put through and like what does her sort of like elimination ceremony look like? Like what is her, you know, of he who must not be named the apprentice like you're fired look like like yeah. I'm very eager for all of this because the 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 trailer wasn't as uh, forthcoming with all of these deeds also uh as you know as as I do I have a problem with like what the prize is the prizes that you're yeah. assistant like that's it like you should get is money to start your own business I think I mean that that was in a deadline description a while ago so I hope they at least like up the title to like manager or like coordinator or something like yeah. that. Like you could become her assistant just like normally without a competition. I feel like it's probably not that hard of a job to get if you're qualified. So, you yeah. know, we'll see what happens. The Summer House finale, how did it make you feel? Uh, funny. Like I was laughing um, because <laughs> – I just love, I love watching people not be on the same page. I love watching couples fight on reality television. I have definitely been in the, like, come to bed now fight. Like, when you're too drunk and your boyfriend's just, like, continuing to party for some reason and you can't imagine, like, why he's still upstairs and there must be a girl that he's talking to and, like, why wouldn't he want to come to bed with you? Um, We've seen, like, Stassi get in that fight on Vanderpump Rules. I feel like this is a common fight that people have when they're wasted. Yes, yes. I I must say, too, I've been on the opposite end now that Tony is such an old man. And, like, as much as he's the biggest partier I know, he also just, like, decides when he's going to bed. And it's just, like, no discussion. And he'll go to bed. And I've had moments where I am, like, still playing a beer pong or I'm still up and chatting with people. And I'll be like... But, but don't you want to, like, stay up and hang with me? Like, come on. Like, almost baiting for the fight. And he'll be like, nah, good night. Have a fun time. And just, like, peacefully go to bed and not take the bait. And it's so frustrating. Yeah, that's legitimately never happened to me. I am always going to bed. And I'm always like, do whatever you want. There's nothing that can stop me from going to sleep right now. <laughs> um, I also very much enjoyed someone being like, you know, everyone's so excited for them and they're on the same page. And then someone casually asks Stravi, I think it was Kyle. He was like, are you going to propose? And Stravi's like, nah. (laughs) And meanwhile, Lindsay's running around like, I think he's going to propose like before the end of the summer. Like we're going to have a baby right now. Let's get on it. And like they just get into the dumbest fucking fight. And then Danielle has to stop him from leaving the house. What did you think about that? That was crazy. It's again, here's what's annoying to me is that you could spend one day going like, he's going to propose, we're going to have a baby. And then the next day you go, you know what? I actually don't think that we're ready to move in together yet because we have so much stuff to work on. And it's like, yes, yes. So I'm hearing you. It's very 90 day to me because you're like, I'm hearing you use the logic that you need to be using 24 seven, but you only use it like the morning after sometimes. Like, so you see what's going on, right? Like, how do you out of one side of your mouth be like, we are so incompatible, we can't even be under the same roof. And then the other side of your mouth be like, but we're going to get married and we're going to have a baby and it's going to happen in the next two months. Like, what? It's crazy. It's too much. It's too Um, much. On the other hand, Robert, what a babe, like cooked a full gourmet looking meal for Mm -hmm. all of Danielle's friends and was like, 
you know, looking pretty cute and being respectful and bonding with everybody. I was excited for her. Love Robert. Love them together. Love how, like, healthy and peaceful it seems. It's like, obviously, it's not the best reality TV, but it's really refreshing to see a couple just, like, take the right pace. And for Danielle to be like, I need to take it slow. I need to, like, have a couple of dates and the right sort of steady progression before it's, like, boyfriend-girlfriend time. And they did that, and it was so sweet. And he has been... So amazing. Yeah. Cooking, cleaning, making jokes, laughing at jokes, being a fun guy, all like flying under the radar the past like, what, three episodes? Mm -hmm, (laughs) Finally, mm -hmm. this episode, I was like, who is this darling man cooking them like lamb shanks? Yeah. Right. Right. It's Robert. Right. 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 (laughs) So love that. Ship that relationship hard. Very much so. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? Should we do Atlanta or New Jersey? Uh, let's, let's talk about Atlanta because we're, this is the season, another season finale. And I, I was like a little bit tired and annoyed with everything Drew was doing, particularly disrespecting the, uh, price cap or the price suggestion for white elephant. Uh, but it's, it's not as fun of an episode for me when the rest of the cast also sort of, you know, agrees with me and is, like, sort of tired of all of Drew's tricks because then I'm like, what are we doing? Was there just not enough drama here? And I suspect that this season of Atlanta kind of suffered from a side effect of shooting in COVID where it seems to me that these women were only together during filming and they only got together to film. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, it feels a little bit like some of the drama is, like, uh, sort of just like manufactured in like a not super organic way because there wasn't a lot of things happening around them and then they weren't seeing each other unless they had to and it was like uh, I don't know how, how did you feel about this finale what, was, um, what were your thoughts I have a complaint with Bravo <laughs> um, I would like to say how is it possible so there's a big fight at the white elephant party and I watched this so many times Drew gets up from the couch, and she's going to fight Latoya, and yeah. we don't have a shot, shot, of, shot of, of, her, of her standing up from the couch and shooting at Latoya with nobody in the foreground. Like she's halfway across the co- coffee table, be- co- excuse me, coffee table before you see her like actually starting the fight, and I just don't know how it's possible that you that fight was building up for like. A good five minutes on my TV, so I would assume an hour or so, like, where you knew the shit was going to go down. All cameras are pointed at these women on the couch, and you don't have a shot of Drew lunging off the couch towards LaToya. You only have, like, the aftermath Mm. of it while she's getting tackled by security. I just, it's unacceptable to me. Like, we need better camera work. We need better editors. I don't know what happened, but that really pissed me off. That's a very good point. Yeah, you're 100% right. And it it also, yeah, that's part of what I also felt like lost steam for the whole episode. It's like, all of a sudden, it was very... It was just over, and uh, and the even the reason it started, I thought, was, like, a little silly. Because it's not fun yeah, either like when LaToya comes in and is, like, taunting Drew like a child. Like, that's not super interesting because that I don't – I just, like, don't care as much about these two characters because what they're fighting about is silly, what they're – how they're fighting with each other. It's just, like, this missing heart. It's missing heart, I guess, is my criticism. They're also both, like, new, so we're not really that invested Exactly. In them, and know? then to watch like, the OGs kind well. of roll their eyes at them, it, it yeah. makes the entire thing sort of – it lowers the stakes of everything. Um, I did really, though, appreciate 
Candy, like really explaining to Drew that if LaToya and Prophet Lot are dating, that Prophet Lot it wants to be dating LaToya. She was like, do you understand yeah. that this like to be calling LaToya like a siren or some sort of like manipulator or actor trying to like slut shame her for something that is two grown adults choosing to is like such a shitty, weird, antiquated way of looking at it. And none of us are here for that. Like we're not going to be. It doesn't make any. He's not a victim, Drew, and neither are you. It's none of your business. Yikes. Yeah. It was very like fake. It was very reaching and, you know, like what the fuck are we even talking yeah. about with the vibe But of I the do cast, think it was sort of the so. only thing to to kind of try to reach a boiling point. And don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed last week's episode. I enjoyed all the Pravala drama while it was like unfolding and watching people react to it. But then to to try to like spin it into a finale and then as you said not even shoot the fight properly then just shame on you you know i did like kenyon trying to leave and the carolers arriving right as she was leaving and she is like the scariest type of mean girl because she'll to your face be like hello hi oh my thank you so great can you can would you guys mind moving and then roll up the window and be like fuck these fucking people (laughs) like she's so like there's two personalities in there and it's pretty terrifying Mm -hmm. but it was really funny watching her be like get out of the way of my car thank you i gotta get out of here (laughs) i gotta leave thank you bye fuck off carolers (laughs) too cute she's like i'm about to mow down some (laughs) um all right let's talk about new jersey what did you think of this first of all i i enjoyed this episode and i have to say i fucking (laughs) love margaret drinking iced coffee out of a gigantic wine glass with gigantic ice cubes and a straw like that is such a mood. It's such an insane thing to do and I'm I'm absolutely <laughs> doing it today, tomorrow and for the rest of my life. Like I I just think it's the funniest weirdest thing and to see her like sitting down with her mom and like having a heart to heart while just having this like big wine glass. And it's her thing. Like she's in past episodes I've seen her when she has people come over to the house, she offers them iced coffee and she always puts it in a wine glass. That's so Isn't it weird? weird? But I love drinking out of wine glasses. Like even when I've done like dry January and I try to like not be drinking, I like drinking like seltzer out of a wine glass because it's just like fun to hold. And I think it's but it's like also weird and tacky and I love everything about it. Uh, so I have this problem now that like so I asked for wine glasses for Hanukkah during COVID and Mike's mom got them for us and they're super nice and they're pretty I just didn't realize how gigantic they were like I legitimately think you could pour almost a full bottle of wine <laughs> into them and so I have these beautiful wine glasses that I'm like I can only pour like a quarter of the way up because I'll I'll be wasted if I fill the entire thing. And it's the same thing with, like, iced coffee. I would be, like, having a panic attack because I over-caffeinated because I can't tell how much is a normal pour in these giant-ass wine This glasses. is true. Yeah, you need, like, a almost even, like, a stemless moment to do this iced coffee mm-hmm, thing, like, mm-hmm. properly. And then then you should just ask yourself why you're not putting it in just a regular glass. Because cup, you know? I'm not a basic bitch, Alyssa. <laughs> I'm like Margaret. I'm a businesswoman. I'm different. Okay. Uh, I loved that. I just thought that was amazing. I'm going to post a picture to the Instagram because it's just it's just such a mood and I love it. I also I think that it was, um, you know, we've seen in last week and then this week's episode, a lot of focus on like Teresa's new relationship and she's keeping it a secret and yada, yada. I really, really appreciated Melissa talking to Jackie 
um, and saying like, look, I don't want to get into like the details of it, but I do know she's seeing somebody. And I am so happy that she is going to be experiencing this love and it's going to be a source of happiness in her life because that woman has gone through so much and hasn't had the chance to be truly, truly happy in the past like 10 years. And I think it's going to, she's like, I think it's just going to change her behavior to watch her not be on the defensive and to watch her be on the receiving end of like love and attention and affection. And it's going to change the way that she acts. And I liked that because it was, it articulated more specifically that if you have a source of happiness and love and light in your life it's like going to change the way you behave and that's different than saying like now that she has a boyfriend she's going to be less of a bitch it's not like you need a man it's not like you need to have this sort of romance in order to be a good person but it is saying something if you have something like nice and positive in your life it's going to like change your chemical makeup and so I just thought that was a really sweet like sentiment slash observation from Melissa and I also back it 100% because I want Teresa to be happy yeah, and I also think that, you know, it's really hard to keep that kind of secret, and I thought she was being a really good sister-in-law, not even confirming what they might have heard on their own, because she was like, well, I don't know how much they mm-hmm. know, so I'm not going to just tell them everything I know. I thought that was really nice mm-hmm. of her. It's sweet. Um, I continue to dislike Jackie <laughs> and, uh, you know, exhibit whatever, Z, I guess. <laughs> like, her walking into... Jennifer's house and saying to her mom welcome to the Taj Mahal if the Taj Mahal had a huge mortgage and no furniture bitch are you (laughs) fucking serious you fucking have a house because your parents gave you a little trust fund Mm -hmm. okay go try to get a mortgage on your own I dare you like with no fucking W-2 and no family money for a down payment you go try to get a mortgage Mm -hmm. see how well you do like that I Ah, I have so much anger towards her for that comment. I just, it's just like shitty. And also, by the way, Jennifer's house has a fuck ton of furniture in it. And it's all, it looks like you're in some kind of Game of Thrones or something. And didn't so she I don't even say, know what she was talking when, about. when Jennifer invited everybody to this mother-daughter like brunch, didn't she say something that was like, either I really want to see your house or my mom really wants to see your house? She said something about like, yeah. I really want to, so don't be a fucking two-faced bitch, okay? Like, don't be like, I yeah. want to come see your house. Also, Jennifer and her mom busted their ass to make that like smorgasbord yeah. of like whatever the hell they were all eating. It's like that, I was like, this is way too much food for like eight ladies, but I, more power to you it looks amazing and so to walk in and just like immediately say something rude I want this to be in the reunion so bad like please Andy please put it in the reunion uh I mean I think she was just getting back for her to her at her for saying like you know why didn't you take the Amazon toys out of the boxes and like why are you serving pizza at your kid's birthday party mm, and all that yeah. shit you know I, I think Jackie holds on to grudges and then like punches back three seasons later or whatever but I truly I'm just like I don't, I mean, the Aidens are fine. I think they have ups and downs as, like, a housewife family. But I immediately was like, he's a doctor! (laughs) Like, you try working! So I just, don't come for someone's house. It's hard to get a house. That's all I have to say. Also, anything that comes out of her mouth, you are standing by with, like, a blowtorch. Fucking hate her. I'm, she's also, like, the only Jewish housewife on the show. And so for me to hate her this much is, like, you really have to suck at your job. She really fucked up. You know. I will also say in the spirit of uh, being mean that, listen, I don't believe in making fun of children, but (laughs) (laughs) 
now. This is a big Jennifer's bet. daughter is a fucking nightmare sometimes. I and know. to see someone compliment her shoes and then she turns and goes, they're no. Michael Kors. Made me want to throw her <laughs> no. in one of her seven pools. I was like, get this girl off camera. It's whatever is happening. Like this show and cameras being around are going to make her more of that. So keep that girl off camera. Just keep her off camera. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't. It's awful. It's it's really tough. She could really take a lesson from the Judice girls. And Jennifer's parenting style is certainly not helping anything. Like, how did she get Michael Kors and shoes? And know that they were like, Michael Kors shoes. Like, yeah, all of this. Not tough. good. It's really tough. Not good, let me tell you. Oof. No, certainly not. Um, so we did have the Melissa sex talk at her store. I liked that she was like trying to distract her daughter and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Pick out any clothes you want. Whatever. Are you slutty? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I thought this was like maybe the worst thing Melissa could do is to say to her, like, your cousins told me you don't have sex yet. How embarrassing is that so to hear as embarrassing. a teenager? I can't even. Also, Everything she said was so weird. And then I feel like there's a moment I was I was reading some subtext that was like, are you doing this on camera? Like, I feel like there was some moments where where her daughter was like, Mom, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not talking about this. I'm not answering that. And I feel like so much of it is. And listen, she knew that she was like their shopping spree was being filmed. And she's this is, you know old hat for her like I don't think that it's uh completely unfamiliar for her to be on camera with her mom and getting asked weird shit but that is this is too much it's too much I felt so bad for her it's also just weird because it's I feel like Melissa just like freaked out in the middle of the situation and was like trying to be positive trying not to scar her and it was going so far south that she just blurted out you have big boobs and I don't want anyone to see or touch them I'm like well it's just <laughs> that's maybe not what I would have no, said you know no and also what do you it's like what is the opposite of that then like would you just not mention it if she had a more modest chest size like what do you mean like this is not good I also once they were talking about this with at the mother-daughter like tea party and Jackie saying listen even nice boys want like blowjobs in the backseat of car like yeah. that like mm-hmm. even that as uncomfortable as that is to say like that's part of like this the stuff that you should be talking about is like listen I just want you to know even even guys who are nice are going to be like asking for shit and all that not you have yeah. big boobs and I don't want people to touch them or see them don't make it about that you have that's not what it's about uh, it's uh, it's scary. I mean, and I I have all these notes, like- but I also never want to be in her shoes. Like I I don't want, and I think that I would be better, but at the same time, I bet it's a very nerve wracking situation. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I feel like my parents' version of this was like, even your friends can attack you. And I was like, great. <laughs> that sounds so wonderful. I love being a girl. It's really enjoyable. Well, I- and they were like, great. Well, we're going to lock you away forever and you're not going to go to any parties. So, you know. <laughs> I think I've had like a lot of conversations with other girlfriends who are like, who had moments where their parents did put too much stress on like, oh, your body is changing, so now we have to have this discussion. And then it kind of can sometimes lead to sort of a weird like body shaming, like where if you're not ready to have that power, but then you're just told you have it yeah. because your, your body looks a certain way is kind of tough yeah. to deal with. So putting too much 
you know, uh, too much connotation on like your hormones and what your body has done without any of your help is a little is a little rough. Instead of just being like, look, the world is changing around you and there's things that are going to be coming at you. And let's talk about how you're going to make decisions about those things instead of like, you're now a sex machine. (laughs) Like, it's it's rough. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Anything else from New Jersey? No, I don't think so. I uh, let's yeah. talk about this weird 90 day tell all part okay. two. Uh, here's what I'll say. I think it was surprising to see the rest of the 90 day cast like turn on Amira in this mm-hmm. tell all. And my only theory is that there has to be some sort of um almost like trauma bonding between the actual cast of the people who are on camera and who are on the stage for this tell-all where they they all have felt like they've been the victim of editing and they all feel like they share something because they're putting so much of their lives out there and whatever. So they might come right. to each other's defense more than you would think they might because once the once the world is coming at them. But it's still so hard for me to see to see how anyone could watch what we all watched and what they all watched from this season of 90 day and and come to Andrew's defense and then to be attacking Amira in such an aggressive way was really shocking to me were you surprised by that yeah it was strange because you know to me the tactics of like gaslighting and narcissism are so familiar Mm -hmm. like it's not I can I'm I've seen it happen to a lot of people and it's happened to me and it was like they had never heard of that before And I don't understand how you watch, like, they were like, it doesn't make sense. And it's like, yeah, because he's a narcissist. And it does, so nothing you ever do is going to be good enough, which is what makes it seem like it doesn't make sense. Like, that's very straightforward. Also, we just went through a presidency Mm -hmm. like this, you know, where the president was clearly a narcissist and was, like, turning left and right on his closest confidants. And it didn't make sense to people and we've talked about it a lot openly over the last four years. So I don't know why Jovi was, like, trying to be a detective who couldn't understand why Amira felt so panicked about seeing him. And then the the thing about her, like, having to get pregnant immediately when she got to the United States, they were all like, oh, now it yeah. makes sense. And I'm like, did you guys see what she went through and how he was talking to her? And how it's so evident that he was talking to her a different way when cameras weren't rolling. It was so clear that he was he like puts in so much effort to be this like soft spoken, like diplomatic, like gross, sleazy fuck when he's on camera and when he's talking to her on camera. And she's like, he yells at me. He's constantly yelling at me. He's constantly telling me what to do. This is a man who screams at me. And finally, I think it was Tarek that was like, oh, well, if he's screaming at you, then we're like talking about a different type of situation. It's like, yeah. Also, doesn't it seem like (laughs) this is savage, but. Doesn't it seem like in normal, any other universe that Jovi would, like, pick on Andrew? I feel like Jovi is such a, like, dumb fucking mean guy jock. And I feel like Andrew is such a nerd that I feel like when Jovi was coming to Andrew's defense, I was like, you would bully him in any other world. You feel like a fucking mean bully and he feels like a nerd and you would not be coming. It's so weird to see them sort of, like, teaming together in a bizarre way. Only this fucking show, It was like... 
Yeah, it was like Jovi was hunting for the girls to be at fault. Mm. He probably just feels like he got a bad edit. But even with the like apartment thing with Brandon and Julia, he was saying like, oh, so Julia's the yes. bad guy. It's like, no, you guys are all the bad guys. You guys, guys. are all the bad guys. Like, that's, that's the, show. the point. That's the show. You guys are all the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. I think it's tough because like I – and I was reading some stuff on um, – like the 90 day Reddit and a lot of people were, were also coming to Andrew's defense and like sort of attacking Amira's story and finding holes in it. And it's like, listen, all I have to say about it is if you are trying to justify the tactics and the language that Andrew was using with Amira, then you need to grow up and go fucking read a book because that is insane. It's the narcissistic, emotionally abusive behavior that's, like, not okay in any circumstances. And if you do have beef with a beer, a beef with a beer, a beer, if you have beef with Amira, that's fine. You could talk about it and you could try to, like, go through that story. If There's no doubt that both of these people are probably have issues. But the, the like, using it to come to Andrew's defense like I just can't stand by it's so it's so insane it's like then we're we're victim blaming in like the weirdest most fucked up way that I think really it also it just really caught me off guard I really expected everybody to just sort of turn on Andrew and I'm sure he thought everybody yeah. was going to turn on him and that's why he fucking left like yeah I mean I don't like, the the two things that are at play here are this woman is saying she's going to have a panic attack if she sees him, mm-hmm. which to me it's like, and you don't have to explain any woman who feels that way, something's happened. It might not have been by that guy, but she might have, like, PTSD from something else that happened. So I'm never going to be like, well, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? You know, <laughs> like, that was everyone's reaction. And then the fact that he wouldn't, sit there and just say his side of the story once she was done to me is like so clearly that he is in the wrong like if you're just gonna take your ball and go home Mm -hmm. you know I I just really I I didn't understand everybody's you know reading into all of this but maybe they know something we don't know because we're not on the show I'm not sure maybe I don't know man also did you know Julia is like 27 years old that's old. It's right? old. That seems old. I thought to she. Me. I think. Yeah. I thought her and Brandon. They. They're such. Both in the way. Like they have baby faces. I thought she was like twenty four. I truly thought twenty four was the oldest she could possibly be, and yeah. she's fucking twenty seven. Oh. And he's and she needs a haircut. She okay. absolutely. And she. There were so many things that came up both in this episode and last week's episode that were just like. Oh, you're going to learn better. Like the conversation about just like body positivity and then like the conversation about plastic surgery and the con- everything, like everything that she was, she was like, I don't understand. It's like, yeah, of course you don't. You're like 22. And then I, I was like, oh my God, she's 27 years old. Like this is no fucking way, dude. It's not good. It's not a good look. And Brandon's almost the same. But they're both such – they act like such babies and they look so young that I was just really yeah. thinking that they were younger. But that sort of changes a few things for me. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So you're not as high on Julia. I'm not as high on Julia after all of this. I wow. really am not. Yeah. I think that there was a little <laughs> bit of that, like, obviously so freaked out that she was, like, being used as free labor on, like, a farm with pigs that looked like they could eat her alive. And now that I see her on, and, yeah. and this is so horrible of me to say, the fact that she loves Brandon so fucking much, like, I, it, it, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. Ow, how? 
How could you be so obsessed with Brandon? She's uh, she's just like making her own bed in a way that's like, I can't keep coming to your defense, you know? Like if she was my friend, I'd be like, I don't know, man, Julia, you're just with this guy and it's just the way that it is. I'm not going to like keep feeling bad for you. Uh, and the yeah. and the question she was asking, the way she was inserting herself into this finale, including defending Andrew, by the way, like top cheerleader for Andrew next to Jovi. She was like, I see him. I like him. He seems so sweet. I don't know how I don't know what happened. And I'm sorry, you're 27 years old and you don't know what a threesome is. She said she didn't know well, what a threesome was, Alyssa. No, please, please defend that. Please. I'm just saying she doesn't speak English perfectly. You know, there might be some words that were not taught to her or she hasn't come across yet. That's a, that's she's what I like will say. She's like sex? I mean, she's the three using, like, together? The th- together? Same time? She can't differ. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you're right. She should understand the concept outside of the yeah. word, I guess. Um, what did you think about that whole Minty, Hazel, Tarek, or Tarek or Tarek situation? Uh, it's, it's, it's so... I don't understand. It's I don't get it either. It's a little complicated. Uh, I... I think that there's something really wonderful about the way Hazel talks so intentionally and slowly that I'm, like, fucking here for. Uh, Like, when she's like, so now I am lying. Now you're calling me a liar. I was like, whoa, powerful bitch. I love this. But it makes no sense what's going on. And I think it was... Uh, maybe a little bit of a, um, like, let's try to make some more drama out of this than there really is. Uh, I don't know. What did you think? I am confused. Like, I thought they had all agreed to date each other and that they were all intimate together and then she got jealous. But it it, uh, it seems to me like he just had this girlfriend, Minty, on the side and then Hazel was like, I don't like this. And he's like, cool, but I'm going to keep talking to her. Yeah. That's, is that it not what it was? It did seem sort of like that because that's when, that's when the threesome thing came up and they were like, oh, we didn't have threesomes. Like, and that, and everybody was like, okay. So then what was happening? Uh, and yeah, it does feel a little bit like Hazel was like, no, I kind of want somebody that's more for both of us. And Minty feels like it was more just your girlfriend, which is fair. If you want to, if you guys want to have a girlfriend, it should be both of your girlfriend, right? Uh, they just keep saying, too, that they're not, ha- that the only reason you have a girlfriend is not to have sex. And I'm like, I think that's the main reason why people do threesomes and are polyamorous. Yeah. Is so they can have sex with more than one person. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the whole draw. It's not like I need to be dating someone for the companionship, I can have a friend that exactly. I don't have sex with that we hang out with. I don't, so I don't And really... I wouldn't want another boyfriend with more of the like boyfriend obligations without any of the benefits either. And I'm sure Tarek yeah. would feel the same about having just like an extra girlfriend that's just like <laughs> all of, it seems like there's, come on, there's shitty parts of having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You're going to double down on those and then not have threesomes? What the fuck? Yeah. I, I love I though Tarek at the very end being like, listen, I don't know why everybody is judging us about, like, our polyamorous relationship. So many people live this way. Like, Rebecca was really rolling her eyes at it. And I was like, Rebecca, grow up. Uh, and he was like, but I here we are. We're a relationship with three people. And we don't have half as many problems as these people. And they got two people in their relationship. So they can go fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Which I loved. But I'm also just like, it's not exactly like a math equation. Like, you don't get more credit for having problems by because you added a person to the relationship versus just the two yeah. people. Like, that doesn't really... <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> what are we talking about on this show ever? I don't know. 
fucking Natalie's face when they were describing like how he has been in polyamorous re- polyamorous relationships before. She was just like, oh my god, <laughs> oh like, my she god, couldn't, <laughs> she could not under. She was like, I'm, I am so lucky to be with Michael. Uh, like at that moment, I wonder if they are still Crazy. together right now. I might do some uh, some googling. Ugh. They can't be right. I loved Sean being like, I am shocked you are still together. This is shocking information. Oh, were you satisfied by the friend Sarah coming on and saying that she didn't fuck Mike? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I do. Here's the thing. Just to play devil's advocate. Natalie saying I don't go to my guy friend's house and sleep over and take my shirt off while they're getting into the shower. You know, and I'm like, yeah, if you flip that situation on its head, I do think it would make you uncomfortable. But uh, I'm not sure. I I didn't know it was the night before her wedding. I'm like, she's not going to fuck her friend the day before she gets married. If she wanted to fuck her friend, she probably would have done it a long Mm -hmm. time ago. That's where my head goes. So I guess I was satisfied. And then I felt bad that Natalie was sort of being characterized as like, Someone who just lashed out and was like, "Why are all American yeah, women?" Yeah, that's whores. a pretty good story like, of her going, "Hi, yeah. nice to meet you. Congratulations on your wedding." Quick question: Why are all American women <laughs> whores? <laughs> like that's so fucking funny to imagine. Also, if I legitimately encountered someone's girlfriend who said that, I would not take it personally. I would be like, "Oh, she's having some like culture shock. Let's talk about it." What do you mean? What do you feel like is horish? Like you just got here, you don't know anyone. Maybe like my crop top offends you or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would love to explain to you why that's not true. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be like, "Don't you call me a whore, bitch." You know? <laughs> like I'd be like, this is clearly not about me at all. Yeah, yeah. That's very healthy. That's true. I don't know. I might bite them in the face (laughs) (laughs) I like that that's pretty funny what the fuck did you just call me over FaceTime just really really launch into it oh man well no questions asked I'm going to be watching um, whatever next 90 day they pump into my veins I think it's happily ever after and Jovi and Yara are going to be on it Um, Tony thinks that they got a better edit because of that He was like, he goes, I think his theory was that Julia was getting a more rough edit in the tell all uh, and that Yara and Jovi got a better edit because they're going to be right into happily ever after. Look, if the price of a better edit is getting knocked up before you're married and giving birth on television during a pandemic, like, so so be be it. I I think I I think personally, I'm probably fine with that. But, you know, no, it's true. It's true. Oh, well, how amazing. Um, great. I think that's it for this week, you guys. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, we're we're going to have a fresh crop of shows soon, so that's very exciting. Oh, yes. Um, MTV is coming to play, honeys. Yes, absolutely. And then we're going to do – we have some, like, throwback show interviews coming up soon. Throwback, so. and we are going to be covering uh, this most recent season that I think either concluded this week or last week of Temptation Island, uh, which I have been watching, and we're going to do an interview and tell Alyssa all about it. So if anybody out there is watching, we're going to get into that crazy shit. It's so – it's 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 a really crazy show Alyssa buckle the fuck up yeah I think someone like DM'd us and requested that we do that show so you know uh, happy yeah welcome. happy to honor the request because <laughs> man I first I was like oh man this it's always hard to kind of launch into another 
reality, like on an island, sort of learn all the new rules. But man, this yeah. is a fucking this is a good show. And this season seems like pretty legendary. So I'm really excited to talk about that, too. Yeah, we have some cool stuff coming up um, and we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>